0: live to tea
1: welcome to millennial episode 40 i'm andrew
2: i'm elisa i'm laura
1: and i'm matt we're at our big midlife crisis guys congratulations to us Yay! What what would the show's midlife crisis be?
2: Oh wait, are you referencing because we're this is episode forty? Yes. Mm -hmm. No, that's not why. I, you know, listen, I'm (laughs) still on the uptake tonight, okay?
1: Oh, I have no. That was Elise's subtle, subtle way of telling me that I forgot to give the episode number. Did I not give the episode number? No, you didn't. oh Okay. (laughs) I've been thinking lately we need a whole new intro anyway. Because I was listening through the episodes of, a couple weeks ago, and just hearing myself say, say the same dumb thing over and over again, I was like, eh, this is lame. We yeah. should probably
3: kick Micah out of our intro music. <laughs> Nobody knows who he is anymore, anyway. Uh,
1: well, well contra- uh, c- contrary to um, the rumors that were spread on this podcast last week, my everything was fine with my butthole, or whatever you guys claimed. Um, so the
3: bleaching went Okay.
1: Yeah, it was fine and no cool. problems with the bleaching. Uh I was, um my family was visiting last week and uh we went to Vegas and I wanted to tell you the guys the story because I find it so bizarre. I, I didn't really talk to many people in high school. I was kind of a loser. And so I'm in Vegas and, you know, it's nighttime and I made a post about being in Vegas and somebody comments on it. It's somebody from high school. And he's like, oh, that's cool. I'm here too. And then he messages me later in the night saying, hey, Andrew, I'm here with my friends and we should totally meet up. Here's my number. Text me. Let's hang out. Now, not only did I not really talk to anybody in high school, but this particular person, I literally never spoke to him in my entire career in high school, after high school, before high school. Have you guys ever had this phenomena occur where somebody yeah. will try to approach you you've never talked to before and and they want to hang out? Yeah, that's called making friends. No, but <laughs> this guy but he just wanted like, to <laughs> hang out for one night. It wasn't I I like what would we talk about? We would have nothing to talk about. Went and then you find the things
4: to talk about. Like just because you went to a school and never chatted does not mean that there's no possibility that you guys could hang out. Like, I disagree. I, I, he
3: wanted the D. He
1: wanted no, the D. That's all it was. Oh. I, I've had this happen to be me before, too, which is why I wanted to bring that's it a, up. That's a good thing, Andrew. That's People want to hang out with you. That's a good so thing. If one, if so if one of your guys' friends contacted you, that they, they, you never actually spoke to them before, <laughs> the, your only connection is that you shared the same high school, and they want to hang out, you would do that? No. God, oh. no.
3: Okay. No. But
2: I, I
1: wouldn't fucking, think it's weird. That's just me. I fucking... I, don't hated want
3: the people I went to high school with.
4: <laughs> yeah, But that's not saying that it's a weird thing for someone to want to hang out with you. And because I never hung out with really anyone from high school. But if I saw somebody or if I met somebody that I that I went to the same year or school that, that I did and wanted to hang out, that that's not a bad no, thing. No,
2: I think it's weird. I agree with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um related to this, we, we've all heard Adele's new song hello hi it's me uh everybody like the song by the way yes
3: i've only heard the first part where it says hello i haven't heard the rest of it that's <laughs> and then you what do you do word. you just Turn heard well no radio? i've seen it because of all the vines and like videos people post online making fun of it and that's all i can't it <laughs> like the hello the the
1: doll's but doll's you haven't
4: like, heard the song goodbye.
1: Well, it's so it's a song about contacting an old friend or, or loved one and on trying
3: Facebook
1: to, and trying to reestablish a connection. I... And there is this study by, by a dating website, and it's it blew my mind when I read it this morning. <laughs> I'm still laughing at it. According to a, <laughs> a new study from What'sYourPrice.com. 64% of women say they were inspired by the song to contact their exes and repair a broken relationship. Men remain unaffected by the song. Only 17% of surveyed males felt the desire to a lens. Now, I cannot believe... I mean, I guess I do believe it, but it. I love how an Adele song is inspiring people to actually act and to actually call their exes and try to reestablish relationships over a song.
3: I don't I don't need a song to help me do that. I just need alcohol.
1: <laughs> That's probably what's happening. These people are listening to a drunk maybe in the club and and they hear the remix and they get they get all inspired and then then they text or call.
2: I would love to hear Adele do a version of Hello when
1: she's slurring every other word and she's drunk. <laughs> and she's like, "Hello." Oh, hold on. Someone someone's someone's calling. Hello. Are you kidding me? Hello?
4: Hi. Hi. It's me.
1: It's me. I'm sorry, I just heard
4: this song, and I got <laughs> oh, really, really inspired to call you. I already hung up on you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's brilliant.
1: <sighs>
4: uh, minute, I didn't even hear It's about, I thought the song was about herself. Um, I it's... heard her say something like that online, that it wasn't actually about an ex or anything. It was about contacting herself. Oh, maybe. Okay. Well, well then all these people are calling their exes for no good reason. Well, I mean, any song from Adele, you're going to call your ex, or you're going to feel
1: <laughs> bad about a past relationship or something. Anyway, her new album is coming out in just a couple of weeks. Laura, you have a couple of millennial updates for us.
3: Yeah. And so I wanted to give people another reason why they should join the millennial Facebook group. And that is that they've just held this really awesome postcard exchange where they organized an address swap and then mailed each other what looked like to be a pretty decent amount of postcards. Um, I think this is just another example of the sense of community that exists over there. And by the way, it now has over 1,100 members and, as and of this week.
1: And only about 80% really? of them are bots. So that's really remarkable. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't
3: don't worry. We, we usually delete those within a couple of days. Yeah. days. Um, but I did want to tell people there are also extended discussions of topics both covered and not covered on the show. So if you really enjoy in-depth discussions, this is the place for you. Yeah. And speaking of the millennial group. We're trying to get our listeners involved in another way over the next couple of weeks. Between now and November 23rd, we're holding a raffle to give a free month of our Patreon bonus content away. Sorry, my throat just like clutched up. That was weird. Um, All you need to do is leave us a review in the iTunes store and then fill out a raffle entry with the name you listed on your review and your current email address. After the raffle closes, we'll be randomly selecting five winners for that free month of Patreon, and if you are already a patron and you win, you'll get one month of your subscription on us, so please leave us a review. This is a fun and easy way to get access to our bonus content and find out what the hell it is we're doing over at Patreon, and we'll leave links for our page and iTunes store and the raffle um, entry form at the bottom of the show notes.
1: Yeah. And speaking of the Patreon, we're just about a hundred dollars away from hitting our next milestone. Millennial goes to the movies. So visit patreon.com slash millennial and get new bonus content every week. Great. Well, cool Seth, I'm excited.
3: <laughs> get excited.
1: So Elisa, one of the great things about this show, one of my favorite parts about millennial is you introducing us to hit uh, headlines that we do not see Don Lemon read on cnn it's like they're hidden or something It's like they're
3: hidden or something yeah. Yeah, his right. other favorite part of the show is all of the boob pics that you send him
1: <laughs> while we're recording
2: i think yeah. mostly the fact that i spread rumors about his butthole to thousands of people <laughs> that's personally my favorite part
1: I, I foresee at the end of the show whenever it ends you know in 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 two months or 30 years uh so we do like a super cut of all the rumors elisa has spread about me every week that i'm away
2: that will be an episode in and of itself. It's That'll like, only be like five times because it's you like never the inception
4: miss. of episodes.
2: Um, I don't know how to transition from buttholes to this, but I'm, let's just <laughs> roll with it. So, uh, USDA scientist Jonathan Lundgren is allegedly being punished by the USDA for publishing a report about the negative impact of insecticides on bees and butterflies. So a little bit of backstory, Jonathan Lundgren was one of the USDA's top scientists. He was actually named last year their Outstanding Career Research Scientist. Um, oh, I'm sorry. He was named that in 2011. So he's had a tremendously successful, very popular career working at the USDA. But they asked him specifically not to publish his research about insecticides. Um, and he did anyway. And his research found that the most popular form of insecticides, neonicotinoids, I want to butcher this, neonicotinoids,
4: Whatever. Close, yeah.
2: Well, ne- yeah. ne- neonicinoids, neonicinoids. <clears throat> I think.
4: skin uh,
3: neonic- <laughs> nicotinoids.
2: <laughs> the most popular form of insecticides that we use on all of our crops here in the United States um, kills bees and butterfly larvae, kills their babies, um, which explains why we have seen the bee population plummet in the past decade. Um, this is problematic, of course, because bees pollinate ninety percent of our food they are the primary pollinator for ninety percent of our crops, so he published this report anyway, and according to him, he's now being punished by the u s d a He is being suspended from his job uh he says that he has received some um thinly veiled threats and what have you and the u s d a has responded that. He was suspended because he was found to have been making some, quote, off-color jokes in his private email communications with other staff, who are also his friends. And he's just like, this is my private email. These are my friends. Why does that matter to my job? So he has a pretty good case to make, but it's ongoing. So that's what's happening. I'm keeping an eye on this because I'm always sort of fascinated by stories like this where it's so clear that the usda in this case has an agenda and their Mm -hmm. agenda of course is supposed to be protecting us i mean they're you know they're the the drug administration they're like they're supposed to be uh protecting us and thinking of our best interests but in this case it seems as though they're sort of in the back pocket of the agricultural industry who did not want this report published
1: Mm -hmm.
4: it's just it's real like i was reading the story too the fact that that when they were going through his emails, uh they put him on suspension because mm-hmm. of off a uh, quote off color jokes, but none of the employees that were attached to the email had even complained or even mentioned exactly. anything in the negative way like they they looked at their emails and says, "Oh, that's not really sensitive. You're going to exactly. be suspended."
2: Exactly. That's, that, that's a good point, is that, that the, the, the off-color jokes that he was supposedly suspended for, the people he was joking around with didn't mind at all. In fact, they have since come to his defense. They've said, mm-hmm. wait, we're friends. We've been working with this guy for decades. We make jokes like this. I mean, the same way that you and I do, the same way that the four of us do – you know, and and they've come to his defense, and they have actually demanded that he be reinstated, and yada yada. But the USDA just hasn't done that yet. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it begs the question. I mean, I certainly have my theories. No one can know for sure, but it begs the question: Why? Why did the USDA so desperately not want this published when? It's sort of in their charter that they would Mm -hmm. want this published. I mean, it's good science. He was one of their top scientists, so it's credible.
3: Why would they not want this published, guys? I I don't know. I mean, I guess the first thing that I wonder is, is there some company or corporation that produces these insecticides that has them in their back pocket?
1: Probably. I mean, that's I the
3: mean, first thing that jumps to mind. I know. And
1: this just doesn't look good that these insecticides are killing these, these, you know, the bees and the butterflies. It's just, it's, it's not good. No. I mean, just recently too, it's become
4: a pretty big, oh, we already know about the bees, but for the monarch butterflies, it's been relatively recent that we've been noticing such a drastic decline in population. And, and his paper too, uh, in one of his research papers, uh, said that the neon, uh, neonicotinoid, Neo Neo whatever. The the
3: Neonicotinoids. Ins-
4: Neonictinoid. Um kill, kills, and, kills and or stunts the growth of the larva of monarch butterflies. And it's and it's been shown that they put this insecticide on milkweeds, which is one of the the biggest one of the most important plants that monarchs pollinate.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing here. Is it's important to remember that these insecticides, the way it works is that all of all farms, I mean, unless it's a truly like organic farm, all farms use them. They spray them on all the crops and on all the soil. And the way it works is that the soil absorbs the the chemicals. And then the plants themselves absorb the chemicals through the soil. And so it's in every leaf. It's in every flower. It's in every crop, every kernel of corn. It's in it's in everything. And that's why it has such a huge impact. Since 2007, I mean not that long ago, since 2007 – the bee colonies have declined. Their bee population, rather, has declined by 30%. That's and huge. That's huge. Just to put that into perspective a little bit. Um, the USDA themselves have said that the, um, most we could withstand on any long-term capacity would be a 15% decline. So we've seen a decline twice as, twice as much as what the USDA itself acknowledges is healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so in any case, I, I tend to agree with Laura. I think that there is something up here. I think that uh, we, we can't know for sure exactly how or who, but I think that well, we the agricultural industry, which is hugely powerful, has in some way uh, infiltrated this issue at the USDA and they're exerting their influence.
1: Yeah. Um, moving on to news now, we have three things to talk about this week. Um, we're going to talk about SeaWorld and the depart the Justice Department in a second. But first, there was a very scary story on Halloween. Um, a
4: three witches were brought back from the dead.
1: <laughs> yes, it was related to Hocus Pocus or something. No, uh, Russian communications were intercepted by the U.S. intelligence agencies showed that Russia believed the plane that crashed in Sinai, Egypt on Halloween was brought down by a bomb. Uh, 224 passengers were, and crew were killed when the plane crashed in the desert on the way to St. Peter, Petersburg, Russia. This is a scary story because I mean, you know, when, when any plane crashes, it's a scary story, but what's particularly scary about this, as we came to learn over the, the, the course of the, you know, uh, after the crash, um, this bomb was probably planted there by ISIS, ISIS is Egypt affiliate is taking credit for bringing the plane down. The U.S. for uh, has said that they are 99% sure that it is ISIS, and there's a re- recording from the cockpit, and you can kind of hear something happening right before the um, recording goes silent. Just really sad and not good because now you know ISIS, as we've spoken about before, has always been about getting attention you know recording their beheadings for example and uh this is a new this is a new one for them and <laughs> it's it's very scary because now of course you know wh- where are they going to strike next it's, yeah, I mean, it's so weird oh go ahead laura
3: i was just going to say it's terribly sad um but i think what i wanted to talk about is how much I am annoyed by cable news coverage of these plane disappearances and crashes anytime they happen. Especially CNN.
1: Well, uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. The media is obsessed with plane coverage because it affects everybody. Because it, because every because you know there are tens of thousands of flights every day. Almost everybody is flying these days. It is the safest form of transportation statistically. So seeing stuff like this scares people, and if it bleeds, it leads.
3: Yeah, I guess, but I mean, you say that it it affects everyone. You know what else affects everybody, or at least most people, getting behind Trooping. the wheel of a car.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: You know, it's it's like well, what, you're... What,
1: wait, what do you what? But well, what's your point?
3: My point is that vehicular fatalities are a much bigger problem. And it's not that these stories shouldn't be reported, but they are reported with an air and with the the attempt to try and terrify us. CNN's top headline the other day was, could it happen in the West?
1: It did. I mean,
4: it's
3: a valid
1: question. Of
3: course it could happen in the West. (laughs) Of course it could. It has happened in the West. Why are you trying to terrify people into not getting on planes? I'm sorry. I'm not going to live my life in fear of fucking ISIS. I
2: don't know. Tactics.
4: No, I, I totally agree.
2: Speaking as somebody who was sitting in a fucking airport when the story <laughs> broke, I can tell you that I will live my life in fear. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you really? I, I was, so, I mean, I was, I well, Okay. Of course, I still got on the plane. I mean, I'm I'm human, capable of rational thought sometimes. So, like, I, I forced myself to get on the plane, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't praying to God the entire time. When you're sitting in an airport and CNN is, like, breaking news, plane crash attributed to bomb, terrorist, terrorist, attack, terrorist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck. i <laughs> let's all keep in mind that i live in i live in dc so i am always flying to the nation's capital and like my fear is that like if someone's gonna try to do something heinous it would be in or around the nation's capital so i'm always like why i'm moving to fucking i'm moving to south dakota fuck this
4: it is so sad how far cnn has fallen
3: see and that's (laughs) the thing by making you afraid mission accomplished they did what they set out to do was yep. to terrify people like you waiting in fucking airports. Yeah,
4: you're terrified you enough. Like, there's always that, like, that split second before you take off where you pray to a God. Thanks, Even if Matt. you don't believe in that. I don't. <laughs> I do. I'm like, oh,
2: fuck
3: god. that.
1: Well, there's Thanks. no point. There's no point in praying right now. I'm, if I'm dead, I'm dead. When um I, I always play Virgin America and they have the live TV. And Wait. I usually watch CNN or MSNBC. And when a story about, like, a bomb or a plane crash or, like, just anything, ba- like, a shooting, anything bad, I always just turn it off because I think it's, like, bad juju to have that on while
2: flying. Oh, my god! <laughs> my question guys. here is, and I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know the answer to this. Why? I mean, I know that ISIS is, is you know, basically Satan incarnate, so sometimes I don't need a reason to just be evil, but... Why, though? Like, why well, a bomb on an airplane and why this particular flight? I mean, there had to
3: be something to it, right? Well, I think they were targeting a Russian airline because Russia has been leading airstrikes against Syria. Right. Mm. True. So I'm pretty sure that's the, the reason. And, and I think, so- you know, the difference is, too, like... Some people have been asking, like, well, I wonder why they didn't target a plane full of Americans. And I'm like, well, how many Americans are flying back and forth to Egypt right now? Like, realistically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm reading here, uh, U.S. air carriers for years have avoided flying into or out of Shuram al-Sheikh airport because of longstanding worries about security at the facility. So. Mm -hmm.
4: It's so funny, too. It's well, not really funny, but it's interesting to know that if any of you watch Homeland, like this situation happened on a recent episode, too. Where where an, a large Airbus got exploded right after takeoff. No spoilers. I'm not gonna say what, what else happened, but that's <laughs> what Carrie guys.
1: <laughs> no. Um. Yeah that, that 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 it's it's a scary story for sure. I hope I I will, I, I will say again. I'm
2: sorry. Last thing, in all seriousness, for Americans or you know not just Americans but anyone Western Europe whatever. Assuming you don't assuming you live in a place that actually has airport security. You, like Andrew was pointing out, you should rest easy knowing that this happened because of vulnerabilities. Um, I mean, primarily because of ISIS, but also because there are vulnerabilities in the facilities and the security. They don't make you, like, say what you will about the TSA and taking off your shoes and all that kind of shit. And I could say a lot. I will fucking strip naked. I will bear everything if it means that there's even a fraction of a chance that it improves <laughs> you- our safety.
3: You do realize that the TSA fails at detecting like 95% of the fake bombs they put through? Yeah,
1: that's a whole other Okay, I was going to say TSA is kind of
3: pointless, to
2: be honest with
1: you. I know
3: the stats, but it makes me feel better mentally. Well, that's Mm -hmm. what they want. They want the illusion of security. That they're doing something. (laughs) I'm good with it.
4: Please have your shoes off and all electronics out of your bag, please.
3: Unless you're seventy five or older, because then you can't be a terrorist.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that seems like such a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like for the for the people
1: who really have nothing else to live for.
4: Right. Like you're yeah. letting them
1: just walk on. Right. Gonna die anyways next month. I'll carry this bomb on for you, ISIS, sure. <laughs> oh my god. god. And, and the, the band NSA is flying. now
3: following our show. <laughs>
4: All right, man. All right, okay. so I'm gonna move on. So thank God, thank you guys for giving me like the the uplifting news for the past few episodes. I feel like I'm the only one who has positive shit to say. So for the five of you who have been waiting for an update for uh, from the whole shitstorm that was SeaWorld, the national water park treasure that is, we finally have some news. In a move to rebuild its brand and fight its declining attendance. The SeaWorld of San Diego will phase out its traditional shamu show and replace it with one that is less about tricks and more about orcas in natural behaviors in the wild or in just a tank. So, this will not happen until next year. But actually, no, they will stop in next year. They will stop doing the shamu show in San Diego next year. And then in 2017, they're gonna start doing a sort of watch and learn. Show that's going on.
1: You. This was big news earlier this week because, in light of Blackfish, that documentary that has ran on CNN a billion times, and I think it was in theaters for a bit. Blackfish, as we all know, exposed SeaWorld. You know, poorly tr- mist uh, treating the orca whales, and you know, just really making you hate SeaWorld generally. So SeaWorld's been under a lot of fire over the past few years, and. Even though they're still going to be holding their killer whales, this is still, it's not, it's not, it's not a solution. It's kind of like a step sideways, Um, but at least they're not making the orca whales be in a talent show anymore. I mean, I know some people are saying that this isn't, this isn't that, um this isn't like, we shouldn't be applauding SeaWorld for this, but I think we should a little bit because the Mm. talent shows have been there forever. And now at least they're not going to be flipping up in the air and splashing the audience and all that other shit. Well, this, need... this, this is my pro- – I'm sorry, Laura, go ahead.
3: I was just going <laughs> to say, they need to stop breeding whales in captivity. There's no reason for them to do that. SeaWorld could become a rehabilitation center where they remove whales from the wild that would otherwise die out there, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason for them to be breeding whales and then keeping perfectly healthy animals in captivity. Of course, at this point, the ones that are in captivity, they could never actually, re, you know, put them back in the wild because they'd never survive. Mm-hmm. But my point is they need to stop doing that and become a conservation and a rehabilitation center only. I agree.
4: Right. This this is my big problem with the story. Like we talked about this on a previous episode earlier in the year when they were talking about um doing something different in the theme park. and uh it was they were going to build a hundred million dollar they had this hundred million dollar plan to nearly double the the killer whale whale tanks in the park well, that's being shelved for this they're not gonna do this anymore or at least not until they have a a a better idea or feel more comfortable putting that money in to to this park
1: but well, yeah, i think i think. They still may build bigger tanks. It's just not under the same plan that they announced that we right. spoke about. Right. Yeah. Recently. They said they're going to shelf the idea they
4: had previously and go with this, mainly because now, because that can still make money for them. The thing, the, the problem I have with this, though, is that they are, they are planning on doing a show where you, you can, where they can sh- give you facts and give you a sort of kind of instructional show about orcas in the wild. But you can't do that when you have orcas in a tank that have been bred there, that have they don't act the same way they do in the wild. You're, yeah, o- you're still... basically seeing a live, almost like a comatose version of what you would see in the wild. Right. And I... they're not doing this anywhere else. They're only doing it in San Diego. So the other parks in the country aren't going to see any of this
1: yet. We'll see. I, I bet they are going to. I, I can't I can't think that they're not going to do this. In the other parks. But yeah, they only announced um, San Diego. By the way, Laura, you mentioned breeding. Um, the California Coastal Commission, as part of their agreement to let them build those bigger tanks last year, told SeaWorld that they can no longer breed orca whales. But SeaWorld wants to fight that.
4: Of so. course they do. Of course they do. They're trying to, f- because See, everything has been put into question. They are fighting every single thing that they, they are not for. They
2: shouldn't. That's kind of what makes them scummy. I recognize that's what they're doing, but that's exactly why they're scummy. I agree. I mean, I think what Laura said is sort of like the beginning and the end of this conversation for me because it's like they have a right to exist and if they, they have a right to conserve and, and, to, and to help uh, whales in the wild who wouldn't otherwise make it. But that's pretty much it. That's it. That's the end of the discussion. Anything beyond that is just inhumane. And I... I hope they go out of business.
1: Me too. Yeah. I I've I think... I brought this up before, but quickly, I, I do love <laughs> SeaWorld. <laughs> I grew up like being obsessed with SeaWorld, so they still hold a little place in my heart. I, I can't get rid of it. And I kinda oh. do want to go to SeaWorld City.
2: I mean that's nostalgia, that's understandable. Mm-hmm. I will also say there is something positive to be said about exposing young children. To wildlife, because then they yes. take an interest in it. They take an interest, and in, they want to conserve, and they become fascinated with the whales and what have you. Mm-hmm. So there's something to be said for that. I'm not saying that that's not very important. I'm just saying they can achieve that end without breeding in captivity.
4: Right? Mm-hmm. They should. I mean, to be more humane, since the 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 mammals that have been bred in captivity, such as uh, the whales, they can't they can't be let loose in the wild anymore because they they would die they they couldn't so they should they should try to go towards a more you know sanctuary for these for these animals as opposed to a theme park who put on shows and I think they're slowly trying to find a way to have their cake and eat it too with everybody but it's they're still kind of going back on their words that's why I don't trust them because they propose this idea about uh about a tank. Just for, so people can see them still and have people watch the whales, but still have enough room for the whales to coexist
1: comfortably. But now they're not even doing that anymore. I know this is easier said than done, but why not just like find a bay near San Diego and put them in the fucking bay? They'll have at least, you know, it's, it's still not they the sort ocean. Of, they more sort room they of. They probably do. wouldn't
3: survive um what i have seen some proposals from people have been that you should actually find a cove and then net the cove off so that nothing can get in and they can't get out
1: What's right so they're between they're... a cove and a bay like like it's well just a, bay, a bay a bay is
3: much wider you can't actually rope off a bay
1: yeah hmm. depends on what i day. think that's you what andrew
3: meant about. is like a cove
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah just long
2: some... terminology yeah. yeah same thing
4: they, ch- I just want them to stop to making it like a tourist attraction, like as Disney, and make it more like a zoo, or or a sanctuary where you can you can see these animals that can't be let loose in the wild, but you still get to see these animals up close.
3: Well, but- the um, the Justice Department has actually had to make some adjustments to the way they <laughs>
1: <laughs> to their prisons too.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so. They recently released 6,000 prisoners in an effort to acknowledge the ridiculous mandatory minimums implemented during the 80s and 90s um, our justice system still employs. Now, not only are these 6,000 prisoners non-violent drug offenders, but many of them were first time offenders when they were imprisoned. So first... Let's talk about mandatory minimums. For those who don't know, mandatory minimums are fixed sentences associated with certain crimes. So, for example, federal law dictates that the mandatory minimum sentence for a first-time offender possessing one kilogram of heroin, five kilos of cocaine, or 280 grams of crack, um, and a number of other drugs is 10 years for a first-time offender. The minimum prison sentence for a second offense is 20 years, and a third offense calls for life in prison. Now I want to get your guys's thoughts. A little harsh, maybe?
4: Yeah, a little, yeah. it's a little a harsh. harsh. You know what's funny too is that this was this was implemented by, uh, by President Clinton.
3: Yeah, and that's and actually one of the big things that opponents of Hillary bring up at this point. Right? Is that
1: vote, it, mm-hmm. vote for her now?
3: Like, you know, your your husband is responsible for this. Are you going to fix it? And she kind of doesn't give a super concrete answer.
4: (laughs) Well, that's a difficult question to answer because you don't want to you don't want to seem like you're you're going against your husband because then the family values people will will jump all over that.
2: uh, I think it has more to do with the fact that this is a nuanced issue and people don't get that. People want to deal in terms of black and white. And I think that. Prison reform and mandatory minimums is something that requires genuine thought and analysis. Whereas a lot of people just sort of like to bleat out their bumper sticker wisdom, like tough on crime, zero tolerance. They just like, they just like the bumper sticker shit. And like, that's all that they need to get on with life. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's more about the fact that Hillary and all of them are battling that. Because if she comes out, if she comes out in favor of prison reform, she'll be painted by a lot of people as being soft on crime, which, mm-hmm. as a Democrat, as a liberal, is easy prey. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What, uh,
4: yeah. what what really concerns me about this story about all these all all, all these inmates being released is that it's going to be like it's not so much them being in prison; it's it's more of them trying to live a life outside of prison now because. Does this mean that when if 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 one of these if one of these inmates who got released uh and they are trying to find a job and they are filling out a job application what do they what do they check when they say have you ever been uh have you ever have you ever been committed of a felony or a crime and yes, because if they release they this does yeah, he does but it doesn't they do but it's not but it's not but it's no longer a felony anymore but you can't you can't write that in a yes or no checkbox question.
2: So wait, I'm sorry, just to get back to the original thing. Laura, you're saying, OK, six thousand prisoners were just released
3: en masse. Mandatory minimums. Were you going somewhere else with that, too? Well, I wanted to talk about the communities that mandatory minimums sort of affect disproportionately. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's really it's something that we should consider. And it's that they disproportionately affect communities of color. So, anyone who has grown up in a largely middle or middle upper class white community knows that white people are just as guilty of possessing and dealing drugs; they're just not as likely to get caught,
1: mm-hmm.
3: right? So, or if they are, mm-hmm. they're more likely to have the type of socioeconomic mobility to allow them to get the sentence reduced yeah, or even I, thrown out entirely. I
4: can, I can so, for that,
3: that right. So that that's one of the big criticisms of mandatory minimums is that they're not actually getting everybody. Some people assert that this is just another way of discriminating against particularly black and Latino communities.
2: Yeah. There's so this was actually just modified slightly um this year. But up until this year, a hundred grams of cocaine came with the exact same sentence as only one gram of crack. And crack is something that is, you know, more statistically more likely to be used by african americans whereas cocaine is statistically more likely to be used by white people but it's the same drug so it's literally like you have to have a hundred times more cocaine uh to get the exact same sentence as just one gram of crack and so that's why people say that mandatory
3: minimums are racist yeah so the other thing to consider
1: just real quick, if Hillary were to present information like this, or you know what Laura, what you've been saying, I think she could come up with a good case here and keep people on her side, and 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 not be accused of being uh soft on crime.
2: I think I think you overestimate pe- mm-hmm. people, well, <laughs>
3: particularly the American public.
1: Yeah, they complain about everything, but just just stick it out, and maybe it'll pay off. That th- yes. And Absolutely. I did want
3: to add in here, actually, that one third of the uh, 6,000 prisoners are undocumented immigrants, and they are actually going to all be deported.
4: Well, well that's not good. So, well, way I don't, I way mean, to bring everybody down, Lord Jesus.
3: No, I mean, I'm just, I, I think it's an interesting question, because, of course, I think, I'm going to use Elisa's favorite word here, I think there's a lot of nuance that should be considered in cases like these, and again... I don't necessarily know that I believe that we should just throw this blanket generalization over 2,000 people, right, and say get out. Because, like, you never know. Like, you could literally go to jail if you had a certain amount of marijuana. Right.
1: Right. Like,
3: I don't really know that that's worth being deported over, personally speaking. I think we can make this all a whole hell of a lot easier by just legalizing drugs, rather than making the shit illegal and driving the whole damn thing into the black market. Well, I'm definitely for
2: legalizing marijuana. I, yeah. Also, also to your point, Laura, um, I do, I, I work on prison reform a, a quite a bit. And a couple of stats that really stand out to me. Um, we have only f- the United States has only 5% of the world's population, but we have 25% of the world's prisoners. We incarcerate more people in this country than uh, anywhere else. Um, Nearly 75% of people who are arrested for drug crimes are either black or Hispanic. One in 17 white men will be incarcerated in their lifetime, but one in three black men will be. Um, The prison population has uh, more than doubled – more than doubled – in the past 20 years Jesus. alone. And this is all because of the, quote, you know, the war on drugs and the zero tolerance policy and the mandatory minimums. It's because of that that happened under the Clinton administration, like you were pointing out. Um, now here's what's even more important than any of that. The national recidivism rate is 50%. And recidivism is the percentage of people who just go back to prison at once they're released anyway. So, of prisoners end up back in jail within one year of being released. And we spend $80 billion, $80 billion as a country on our prison systems every year. So we're spending $80 billion just to fail half the time. Right. If that's not a failing policy, I don't know what is. I mean, $80 billion just to fail. Half the time. And that's, by the way, 50% is a recidivism rate only within the first year. It's higher than that if you look at someone who's been out of prison a couple of years. And the reason they're so likely to go back is because we make it literally impossible for people to succeed once they have come out of prison. Mm -hmm. They're not allowed, they're not allowed to get. By law, they're not allowed to take uh, advantage of welfare benefits like food stamps. On every single application, they are forced to disclose that they are a felon, and so they're not going to get a job. On top of that, we have started mandating that people in some states, in 13 states, it is required that you pay for your time in prison. They charge you rent for being in prison, and so you leave with tens of thousands of dollars in debt, and if you don't pay it off, guess what? You go back to prison. And these are felons in technical terms, but let's all keep in mind that these are nonviolent people who are just smoking ganja on the weekend. That's what we're talking about here.
3: Yeah, I would also like to bring up that Colorado has experienced a drop in drug-related crimes since it legalized marijuana. Hey. So why don't we start using that as a model for how this country should approach drugs and drug-related crime?
4: Because not all of us are liberal millennials, Laura.
3: Well, here's... I don't do drugs. I'm not personally what? interested in doing drugs. So, <laughs>
1: Loser. so cool. like,
3: my, my point of view is that it's none of my fucking business what you do in the privacy of your own home, as long as you're not hurting anybody. And as long as you're, like, not fucking up at work. Aside from that, I don't care. Now, I will say I'm not for legalizing,
2: like, really hard drugs, like heroin and stuff like that, because I think it's sort of... Imp- possible to to not affect people like if you're a parent you know what i mean right. technically you're doing it in your own home but how great of an impact is that on like do you know what i'm saying like i don't know
3: yeah. i like my point is that people who are doing heroin with kids in their homes are already doing it
2: you know mm-hmm. what i mean
1: well, okay so it shouldn't be legalized but you shouldn't be thrown in jail either
2: exactly this my this is my personal thing is that i i I'm for legalizing marijuana, not really for anything else at the moment. But like the point is to me is not to say drugs are great. Everybody go have at it. My point is that is to simply say that just because you've done drugs doesn't mean you deserve the incredible burden and punishment that our justice system puts on you. Like this shit should be reserved for like actual felons, like murderers and shit.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And there are mandatory minimums that are associated with drug related activities that resulted in death Mm -hmm. or resulted in bodily harm. And I think that's quite different. Right. Yeah, that's a diff yes. That's a completely different ballgame. But I'm not about to say that the coked up asshole down the street needs to be in jail. He needs help of some sort. Perhaps we can start putting some of that money that we put into our jails into some kind of social program to help this person. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To the mental health system.
3: Yes. It's
2: called called corrections (laughs) for a reason (laughs) in theory.
1: Well, people who should be thrown in jail, murderers. And also, I would really like to see high school acquaintances who try to contact you (laughs) after eight years be thrown in jail because I (laughs) really (laughs) don't (laughs) like
3: that. Mandatory minimums for Facebook stalking. (laughs) There should be a mandatory minimum for anybody who still Facebook pokes. You get those every now and then somebody pokes you and it's like, dude, it is not 2007.
1: Yeah. Don't throw me in jail, though, for Facebook stalking because I I would I would be in prison for life. (laughs) We know, Andrew.
3: So
2: For life. Let's, let's 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 try to uh lighten the mood a little bit here. I want to play no context. We haven't played this game in a little while, but mm-hmm. this is this is where we, well, Andrew has some songs lined up. The rest of us have no idea what the songs are. You're going to play them, Andrew, and our job is to connect them back to the news stories that we've been discussing.
1: Okay. Uh Somebody wanna go first or are we just doing it as a group? I'll Uh, go first. Okay. Laura, I sorry, I have to play this one. Just get it out of the way. I'm sorry. God damn it. (laughs) Play the whole thing. Hello.
0: It's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to me to go over everything <laughs> They say the time's supposed to heal you but I ain't done much healing Hello Can you hear
3: me? I'm in okay. California. All right, we get a- Are we, yeah. <laughs> okay, geez, sorry. <laughs> I'm waiting for the song to end. I'm so, like, are, we didn't even I get to getting,
1: the chorus. I was getting really taken away by it. But like, go and ahead, and Laura. She just starts
3: silently sobbing. and we're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awkward. So I, I imagine, I imagine this is like one of those um, animal rights charity commercials with the song playing in the background. And I imagine Shamu just like floating in his tank in the background like a little tear rolls down his face. <laughs> hello from That's it. This hello is Shamu's from... message to SeaWorld.
1: <laughs> or it could be like Shamu's message to all the freed orca whales out yeah. in the ocean. There we go. <laughs> hello from my holding tank. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, I'll go next. All right. So here's another. The, the theme, at least for the three songs I picked, are uh, you know top 40 hits right now. So this next one this is a I hate to say this a good song by Justin Bieber called Sorry. Do you like this song Matt? No. But I go here, let's listen to this, yeah, let's
3: this.
4: You
0: know I try but I don't do too with apologies.
4: I hope I don't run out of time, cause call a Cause I just
0: no, you know that I made those mistakes maybe once or twice if I once or twice I'll mean maybe a couple of hundred times so let me or oh, let me redeem all my demon myself tonight cause I just need one more is it too late now to say sorry
1: all right man
4: um this is actually a a special concert by pop singer lady justice singing to all the inmates that got released recently (laughs) pop
1: lady justice yeah Yeah, like lady gaga lady justice
3: he talks about like the amount of times he screwed up too or something like that
1: oh lauren is a song very well no
3: i was just listening to the lyrics as you were playing them gosh
1: gosh it's not
4: my ringtone or anything no way <laughs> not the top played song on my playlist right now on spotify <laughs> swipe left
1: <laughs> uh. all right elisa elisa your pick is uh, another hit here we got a demi lovato single I'm called confident. confident come at you So we, we, we fast forward to the chorus and what's wrong with being confident?
2: Nothing. I I like to imagine that this is the theme song that those 6,000 prisoners sort of break out to in like a Michael Jackson style dance off as they all just shimmy out of the correctional facility. Is right. that too much?
1: Yeah, no, that's good. What's wrong oh. with being confident? I can I can be confident in my drug use. <laughs> no, I, don't. I don't i don't i think you missed what elisa was
4: saying <laughs> oh
2: be very clear that's not what i mean <laughs> 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 i'm saying like you know it's a celebratory song it's yeah, like what's wrong being
1: confident about <laughs> yourself after no, I, you're I, in prison. I get i get you i get you but once you're free and you march out whatever
2: all right yeah. all right andrew this is let's see how you dare i i i sent you yours yes also like a top
1: 40 Right now. Great. Oh, I, I like the song. Major Laser, lean on. In This goes back to the first song in our No Context game. Um, this is about all those people who called their exes after hearing Adele's hello and realizing that they need somebody to lean on. Aww. Make the
3: beat drop notice how nobody wants to compare their song to the plane crash just (laughs) throwing that out there i feel like there's always one story every episode that everyone just avoids like the
1: plague okay well laura if you could connect any four of those songs how would you connect it to the the none of them
3: no i uh, I said i just said none of us wanted to laura's
2: like andrew i would like to be employed someday yeah (laughs) i'd like to work (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay so it's time now for um oh, this is a fun little extra thing i wanted to throw in so james corden hosts the late late show it comes on after stephen colbert and he had on Alanis morissette last night and we all remember her frankly iconic song ironic it's like rain on i'm a wedding day, yeah yeah blah, we, blah, blah, we, we've heard of it yeah. so he she came on James Corden last night and updated the lyrics, and it is seriously the greatest thing I think I have heard this year. So here is James Corden and Alanis Morissette performing ironic with updated lyrics for millennials. An
4: old friend. Sends you a Facebook request. And you only find out
3: they're racist after you accept. There's free
1: office cake on the first day of your diet. It's like they announce a new iPhone the day after you buy it. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? It's like
0: swiping <laughs> it on your future soulmate
1: let <laughs> like so And who are the <laughs> traffic jam When you try to
4: use weights No smoking sign you brought your vape, <laughs> 10,000 male late-night hosts, when all
1: you want is just one woman, seriously, singing the out of your dreams, and then Alanis Marset shouting at you, shouting isn't it ironic,
4: don't you think,
0: <laughs>
4: a little too ironic, and yeah, I really do think,
0: it's like a gonna- first time.
1: oh god i love that so much that's funny that's shit. Good. it's so like good. south it's like first class on a southwest plane and then you realize a receipt is the same
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: okay i like uh, southwest that that song hits a little too close to home i hate when i write a good tweet and nobody favorites it
3: I know. I wonder how many people in our generation are going to include swiping left in their wedding vows. (laughs) Oh
1: God! I'm so glad I swiped left on you, baby. (laughs) I told you. Four out of
2: four millennial hosts—that's for sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now for the confessional, we haven't done this in a few weeks, so we wanted to get back to it. Elisa has the first one.
2: So this one says: When I was 13, I got drunk for the first time. I was drinking with family, and I was with my 26-year-old cousin, who was also drunk. We ended up making out, and he felt up my breasts, and I still feel guilty to this day about it, and I don't know what to do.
1: Don't bring you it up sh- to anyone.
3: <laughs> no, you shouldn't feel guilty. You were a child. Yeah. yeah. Your cousin was literally twice your age.
4: Yeah. So That's, I mean, yeah, fucking you, gross. You shouldn't feel guilty. You were molested.
3: Exactly. Let's
2: call a spade a spade.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I realize that you are both drunk and I, 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 I understand that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, I, I know, you know, this already, but hopefully it helps to hear someone else say it is you did nothing wrong here and you, you have nothing to feel guilty mm-hmm. about. Um, I really hope you, you, you don't, but in terms of what to do about it, I think you do whatever you think is going to bring you peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And if that means talking to somebody, then you should absolutely talk to somebody. You should tell your mother, your sibling, a best friend, your aunt, whoever it is that you trust and feel comfortable with. It might help to get it off your chest and to get the opinion of somebody that really means something to you. Yeah. Um, or- don't keep this shit in, man. Don't let it eat at you
1: alternatively a therapist i mean you're suggesting talking to family members which i think could be good but that may cause some unintended consequences so
2: it could but frankly i don't give a shit (laughs) i mean not i mean a a lot of it it is person's responsibility uh,
3: no and it's it's not this person's responsibility but i think also we'd have to take into account that maybe they don't want to cause a big rift in their family. And that's understandable, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah, sometimes sort of in these circumstances, mean. you might feel like that could actually make it worse for you. And, you know, maybe maybe they don't. Maybe they feel like talking to a family member would be helpful. But I also think the nice thing about talking to a counselor or a therapist is you get a completely objective yes. third-party point of view. And it's a safe space for you to say whatever you need to say, and you can say it without fearing judgment. You can say it without fearing they're going to tell somebody else.
4: Yeah, I think that's that's one of the biggest parts too is that ha- having to go through a, the 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 process of you know closure and everything without having to worry about the wrong party getting involved.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay,
1: so let's move on to the second one.
4: Okay, next one. Here we go. I have never said this or thought this or typed this to really admit it to myself. I'm a lesbian. So even though this is anonymous, it is really important to me to say to someone, and most importantly, myself. I hope that admitting this wonderful fact about me is just going to be one step to living life as I want to and not in fear.
3: We love you. Yeah. I just want to say wonderful. that. That's fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've had a couple of confessionals like this before, but we we wanted to read this one because if if it makes you feel good to get it out there and maybe have it read, even if it's anonymous, then that's great.
3: I love I love that they say this wonderful fact about me, like to me, that just yeah, it's it really shows that mm-hmm. when somebody arrives at that point of Acceptance and love for themselves.
4: Yeah.
1: And it resonates too to, f- it to really other people. Does.
3: And we're very happy for you.
1: A little tip that I think I've brought up before if you do end up telling somebody whenever you're ready for that to be, you will find it very comforting once you do to know that you have somebody on your side. And then you can use that comfort to tell somebody else and then somebody else, somebody else. And then you have all these other people who are on your side and it becomes easier and easier to come out. So. Just keep that in mind for whenever you're ready. Okay, so it's time now for Surprise Bitch as we get to the end of the show here. Laura, pick a number between 1 and 378.
3: Ooh, let's do number 5.
1: You know, the uh, Republican presidential debate just kicked off and this caller may be watching.
4: Ooh. Oh my goodness. Well, if they don't, then they'll, there'll be 18 other ones to watch.
3: Can you tell us the caller's name? That is
4: Ish.
1: Ish. I'm ho- I am hope I'm pronouncing that right. She has as her, he or she has as her name, I-S-H. You know, this person signed up in January, so. Your call has been forwarded oh, to an no. automatic voice no. message they system. Four they zero. forgot they're a
3: patron Six. at this He's point.
1: At <laughs> the tone. Please record your message. Can I do it? Yeah. Ish, this is me, Donald Trump. I called you to make sure you were watching the debate, and I can tell you are. So, good (laughs) on you. You're a great American. You know how to make America great again. Thank you. P.S. I'm gay. Okay, (laughs) goodbye. I'm
4: surprised you didn't say loser or something. You're a loser. Loser.
1: The best
3: part is we didn't even say it was us, so I I didn't say anything.
1: (laughs) I was waiting for, okay. That's half the fun. We're like, if they're not going to answer, then we get to prank them.
2: We're going to read a story tomorrow on CNN, like Donald Trump calls innocent young child or something.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm calling one more person. This is Bobby. Hello? Hello? Hello, Bobby? Hello? Surprise, bitch! Surprise, this is bitch. Millennial!
0: Oh, hey. Hi, guys.
1: Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. Are you Are you watching the presidential debate right now?
0: Actually, no. I was watching Chasing Amy on Netflix.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Probably a good so show much better. Uh, what, what is that show? I, I, I'm I afraid a, to admit I haven't watched it. It is a...
0: You've, you've never seen Chasing Amy? No. Well, you guys are probably too young, but it came out in, like,
1: 98,
0: and it's a Kevin Smith film.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Where do you live?
0: I live in Idaho.
1: And tell us something interesting about Idaho, besides the potatoes.
0: Um, uh, let's see here. Well, you guys had Cameron on, like, a month or so ago, and he said that there's nothing interesting about Idaho, and... (laughs) um so. yeah it, there's really not too much interesting about idaho we do actually grow potatoes though so.
1: <gasps> that's great is there like kind of like a yes potato brewery like you know how there's uh, beer breweries and in, in local towns and they're fun to visit are there is there like yeah. a potato factory or something <laughs>
0: um yeah we have like a potato factory but you can also make potatoes into vodka
1: yes i was what? gonna say so like there's, is there like idaho potato there's vodka? there's a couple
0: distilleries that's uh-huh. amazing. Yeah, there is.
1: and have you taken shots of this potato vodka
0: I have taken shots of potato vodka before, yes. Have but you... it's really cheap, so it's disgusting.
3: <laughs> oh, it sounds like I need to move to Idaho then. I love me some uh,
1: cheap, alcohol. cheap alcohol. I'm in. I just spent 200 uh, or $2.50 <laughs> on a bottle of wine from Trader Joe's, so that would that would suit me well. No, potato vodka is great. Have you guys never had potato vodka before? No. Yes.
4: I... You've had you've have you had Chopin vodka? No. No. Uh
1: <laughs> ugh, I can't talk to you people. Okay.
3: <laughs> Well, you would picked the wrong job then, Matt.
1: Mm. <laughs> so, um, Bobby, earlier in the show, we were playing um, No Contacts, where we matched a song with, with a news story we were talking about. So could we play okay. a song for you and you can match it with any story in the news over the past week? It doesn't have to be anything we discussed. Because she okay, doesn't sure. know the stories. Okay. Yeah. So here's the no, song. No, I
0: haven't heard it yet.
1: So we'll play a sample, <laughs> sure. and then you connect it to anything you want, even even potato vodka. Okay.
0: Even potato vodka. Got
1: it. All right. You used to call me on
0: my. You used to. You used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you used to call me on my cell phone. Night when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone
1: Day night when you need my love. And I know when I line bling. So hotline, hotline bling by Drake. You know, have you heard night. this song before?
0: I have never heard that song before. <laughs> really? oh, god. God. oh my god, you I love that. You
4: are so lucky. <laughs>
0: i know that's what i was just thinking i'm like that song was terrible
4: it is horrible <laughs> i just realized why it's so popular
1: it's because it's a drake song that is the sole reason why that yeah, song is being played. I, I really don't understand why it's a thing right now like i Did see it you on Snapchat, know i got and... a cell phone yeah it's so stupid it's the worst song well Sorry. you have to... it's
0: the only thing i can think of to relate it to is it's reminding me a lot of have you seen those like mashups of them taking like excerpts from the debates of Donald Trump, mm-hmm. like yeah. making them into songs and stuff like that. Yeah. It reminds me so much of that, <laughs> that that it, it was funny. kind of like,
2: it's so funny. You say that actually, because Donald Trump was just on Saturday night live where he danced to this song. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you, you were like a prophet or something. That's,
4: Crazy, Yeah, yeah
0: it's like, I, I didn't see that either. So,
4: It's funny because you said Donald Trump and immediately when I thought of that, I thought of the fact that he kept giving like all of these uh, senators and other people their cell phone numbers for people to call them. <laughs> That's so right, true. That's right. so true.
0: It's uh, cool. ridiculous. It, it's just he. Yeah, it, it just I did. I thought he had more talent than that.
4: Yeah, we'll see.
2: What what is what is like okay. the what is Idaho? I mean, I mean, you're gonna speak for an entire state here, okay? So what okay, what's exactly. the sense of like what's the sense of the campaign right now in Idaho? I mean, is oh, there a lot God. of like Donald Trump love or hate there? Oh, everyone is so in love with Donald
0: Trump. They're so really? in love with him. It is disgusting. It is well, it's, it's extremely conservative here, especially in the area I live in. Um, it's South Central Idaho and we're in, uh, Mormon LDS Central. So it is, you know, super, super conservative. Um, we have this big thing going on right now where the, um, college I go to and the college I work for, they are, uh, they have a refugee center and there's all these people up in arms about possibility of Syrian refugees coming to our area, people selling their homes, saying that they don't want to live in the same city as Syrian refugees and all this crazy stuff. We live in, I just live in a uh, Republican shitstorm, basically. Wow, so. It, It's yeah, so it interesting
1: sucks. to hear about, to hear that because you, you wonder when you, when you see all this supposed support for Trump, you just wonder where's it all coming from?
0: So. It's coming from a lot of the area I live in. And a lot of the people I would say I live around are not that intelligent so yeah. it's just, that's what it is. I
3: would say there is <laughs> well, probably thinking. a correlation between lack of intelligence and Trump supporting.
1: <laughs> yes, there could I, be I a think connection. a lot of
0: it has to, yeah, I think a lot of it just has to do with hate mongering. Um, you know, the area I live in is so conservative and predominantly white. Mm-hmm. And people are just afraid of, you know, the new ethnicity groups that are coming into the united states yeah. how totally it's all really very
4: foreign to them like all they have is is the yeah, media to tell them what to what to think so
0: it's extremely foreign and we have a foreign and we have a lot of migrant um hispanic workers in this area and that's kind of been a contentious thing in our area as well so how is that
2: for you it, kind of it
0: doesn't leads in.
2: it doesn't sound at all like you're uh crazy Trump supporter, so how is that no, no. how is that for you living living <laughs> amongst the dead it's It's crazy i you know I was
0: raised in a very um liberal household for the area, and both sides of my family are incredibly liberal and I just kind of you really have to watch what you say wherever you go because you never know who you're gonna offend you never know. If your boss feels a certain way, or if your coworker here feels a certain way, they're going to become upset by, you know, making an off political comment or making a comment about how, you know, it's irritating that everyone's against the refugees and stuff like that. It's 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 a difficult situation to be in a wash of conservative religious beliefs when you are neither of those things.
3: Mm. I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Bobby, you're thank from you... the
3: south so you probably understand yes <laughs> <You know>. exactly
1: <laughs> bobby thank you so much for sharing all that, that, that Thanks. Was very interesting and thank you for your support and uh we hope you continue enjoy watching chasing amy
2: oh yeah absolutely thanks guys calling
1: no problem thank take, you take thank you for your support for
2: love talking to you
1: all right <laughs> bye. bye bye
3: bye
1: i seriously want to take a shot of potato vodka it's I mean it's it's good. Like it's just, I mean
4: it's the same. It's vodka, but um it's it's really smooth. I usually It'll potato get drunk. vodka. It's all and that it's matters. it's gluten free vodka too. That's why it's it's popular. That's what's Angeles. important. Well
1: for yeah. millennials that's that's very important, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love
3: me some gluten.
1: <laughs> you know how else you can get drunk by visiting the millennial website, millennialshow dot com, <laughs> and on the homepage there, don't ask, just 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 let it go. On the homepage there, you'll see a link to take our Patreon survey. If you scroll down and go down a couple posts, you'll see it. Uh, we're still accepting survey entries. We would love to hear what you think of the Patreon, about what you would like to see us do for the Patreon, because we want to grow it. We want to make it as good as it can be. We want everybody to sign up and, and get what they want. So visit millennial, MillennialShow.com and click on the Patreon survey link. And speaking of Millennial plugs you can go to twitter.com millennial show and facebook.com millennial show to follow us on our social media and Anything don't else? forget
3: to leave yeah I was gonna say don't forget to leave us a review in the iTunes store and then enter our raffle which will be ending on November 23rd
1: yeah and we'll start doing that from time to time doing those raffles to to give back a little bit yeah because we're that's how uh, we're like that yeah we're like that we give back I will open up parts of my body for all of you
2: you Again. do already <laughs>
1: <I wasn't laughs> that's speaking not to a you. novelty anymore i was speaking to bobby and and all the other listeners
2: oh okay no.
1: <laughs> don't go down that road guys <laughs> thank you everybody for listening we'll see you next time for episode 41 i'm andrew
2: i'm elisa i'm laura
4: and i'm still matt bye everybody you used to call but... me all night
1: bye
4: you used to you used to
0: yeah